Hello and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of the UK's response to sectioned lockdowns across the UK. Because as I said at the start, and I'm going to say it again, this year it's only going to end in tears. Have you said that before? (laughs) Did you see what I said? It's only going to end in tears. (laughs) You didn't even get the joke. You're right, I didn't get the joke. <laughs> tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3. Oh my <laughs> days. Oh, it's only going to end in tears. It's only going to end in tears. Oh. Because we are coming to the end of lockdown, which is quite nice. It is quite be, nice. Which will be great. We'll it be able to nice. go to our favourite stores again. Absolutely. To, I mean, it's 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 TK Maxx or bust for us in this house. Yeah, yeah. We love it. How are we supposed to get all of our gifts for all of our family members yeah which know, they don't exactly. want and we don't want to have to <laughs> been there oh i was not awake enough for that joke you're kids, tired mate what's wrong kids there, there's gonna be a time in your life when you have to get up in the morning to record a podcast oh no and at a similar time in your life there may also be a point when you're tempted to stay up till two o'clock in the morning playing your Xbox. Oh, what did you do that for? You silly sausage. I when just, I call you a silly sausage, it just, it don't, just don't fight me. Just don't do it. This is my public service. What were you, what were you playing? What, what, was, what was happening? Oh, I, was, I, was, I was playing FIFA 21, mate. Are you, what is wrong with you? I don't know. Who do you think you are? I don't know. I don't know. You're a music student. No, you've no interest in following I'm football no or being fo- a football you know, fan. You know you, yeah, but you know what's You're the more furthest telling? Away from you know what's right, more telling then. is that the only time I ever watch actual football is every four years of the World Cup. Because, World Cup because that's you, it. because you have to. Every single the... other piece of football knowledge I have comes uh-huh. from a video game, and it's hilarious. And, it, and the few times that we've played actual football in real life, I, the plan was always knock his glasses off. If he has no glasses, you can't see. And so that was just the plan. It was just get rid of Alex's glasses. And then yeah, because I was such a I was such a threat on the field. <laughs> I was such a threat. I was such a threat on the pitch that you that that you had to get me however, however you could. Hang on, I've just got AC Milan on the phone. They're just wanting you to be a left wing for the next season. Is that yeah, right? absolutely. Slatan's retiring. See, and the only reason I know that Zlatan Ibrahimovic plays for AC Milan because that's the shirt he wears in the video game. Because <laughs> you were up till two in the morning studying. I was. FIFA. I was. It, it is mental because you love FIFA. I mean, I guess just on it. So that's it's is the new FIFA. Is it FIFA twenty one or yeah. FIFA twenty? So FIFA twenty one. Wow. And has it been specifically designed for the new Xbox and PlayStation five? Uh, there is a version okay. that 
is specifically designed for the newest generation and it comes out next week. At the moment, um, I'm just playing the backwards compatible version. Will your is it is it a digital copy? Will it update? Yeah. Your one. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. It'll, that's I mean, that's the that's the ticket. We chatted about this a couple of yeah. a couple of months ago about this, you know, the 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 iterative development of games and how they kind of create an update, you know, as yeah. as the as the new system comes online. That's yeah. awesome. But I can tell you exactly why it is that I like playing FIFA so much. Because it is the game is is the game that I spent that I dumped the most number of hours mm. into in a week. It's because of the competitiveness of it. Okay. It's what it's one on one. I mean, mm. I know it's it's eleven. It's you know cage match. It's obviously eleven. It's obviously eleven guys on on the field. It's it's a team. It's a team sport. Yeah. But there's only there's only one human player. So it's, it's kind on, of so it's kind you, of gladiatorial in that in that kind of sense, and I kind of get just a bit you of a and kick Zlatan. out of that. It's just you and Zlatan, me and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the two of you. Dare to you Zlatan. only have eyes for one. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, mate. Like there is there is something about that, but I mean I don't play FIFA a lot, but I'm I'm aware of the culture where it's a case of because you're locked into play with another stranger around the world. Because I do play online now and now and again for other games, yeah. where there's multiple people playing, and when you're playing with on FIFA, you are just against one other stranger from around the world. But obviously, there comes it must do some sort of matchmaking where you're playing against someone who's equal, you know, equally good at FIFA. So you don't want to oh, be yeah. playing against someone who's it, it's and, skill and based. It's skill based. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get at. And so, do you ever find yourself in a situation where some the skill based or the the matching has not really worked in your favor, and so you're about five nil down, and you kind of go, "I could just pause this game and end it now." Do you do you find yourself in that oh, situation? Oh, definitely. Have definitely. you done that? No, no. But quit rage. What is it? Rage. Quit. Rage quit. Rage quit. No, I don't rage quit. <laughs> I prefer play. I I prefer playing the game. And also, I had a really hilarious interaction with with one of these players right go for it uh last week last weekend no last weekend it was truly truly hilarious where he i was gonna try and get that i took screenshots of the transcript because it was really very funny because he sent me messages so he scored on the social no 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 it's great it's great he scored in the 23rd minute right so it was one one nil 23rd minute took him a while to get this to, to get to get this goal okay and then the game pauses and I'm like, right, okay. He's, oh yeah, he's, because if he's he making pauses, a sub. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right okay. So, so I'm like, okay, he's making a sub, whatever. And then a message pops up because you can you can get these players and recently played with. Sure. So he could see my gamer tag, and he sent me a message, and he said, "You're not gonna win, just quit." Ooh, fighting! And top. I was like, interesting. Interesting, right? Okay. In- interesting, and this was in the it, this was in the we- this was in the weekend league, right? This is in fuck champions. This is the weekend league, so you get thirty Did games. You just say fuck champions. No, fuck <laughs> fut, <laughs> which is FIFA <laughs> Ultimate Team. Oh, sorry for all those. That are oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so <laughs> okay, sorry. Cool, I'm talking cool. to layman's here now. <laughs> you get you get thirty games in a in a weekend, and frankly, when I'm in that situation, when you when you have that many when you only have so many games and you're clearly not going to win i will quit those games because right. frankly <laughs> i've got better things to do with my weekend <laughs> yeah you've got better things to do i've got better things to do with my okay. weekend anyway, no you're so not going to playing... sit there for 20 no, minutes okay, if you're not going to win yeah. the game but so anyway you're playing it so he says so he says you're not going to win just quit yeah and 
maybe it speaks more to me uh, in my psyche but when i this get whole someone, story speaks more to you when i get someone that sends me a message that says you're not gonna win just quit i immediately want to stay yeah even if i yeah. know he's a better player than me yeah, yeah and that yeah. i'm most likely gonna lose anyway he he the the game ends 3-1 Oh, did you turn the tide? No, no, no. Three, three ones of him. He won. Oh, he was, a, okay. he was a better player than me. Okay. So him, and I'm sure he was a very great, gracious winner. Was no, he? He absolutely was not. He, <laughs> he, he sent a message back saying, um, <laughs> what was it? <laughs> I can't even. It's so funny interacting with these people. He was like, fucking waste of time and enjoy enjoy your bronze one rewards or something like that your bronze award Br- bronze one uh, br- or bronze three awards or something which Surely is like you, you get at least tiered, got the silver you get you get your second well, no, exactly i usually finish gold three mate i don't know what you're, i don't know what you're on about but and so i said i sent a message back okay <laughs> Why did you interrupt? Oh, just just to bait him out. Honestly, I was, I I decided to go into troll mode. I mean, he was, so I, so I sent him and I was just like, you, you, you know, I probably would have quit if you hadn't messaged me. Mm. So, so well done for, so well done for wasting your, wasting your own time. You've wasted your time. You've wasted my time. You've wasted everyone's time. And then he messaged back. And he said, um, shut up, you suck. Oh, he's bloody like, got oh, you right, there. Right, 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 there we go. <laughs> he's made you there, like a right fool. There we go. And he was like, he was like, and I was like, and then I, and then I went along a line of, like, and this is when I started typing the message on my phone. On the, and on you're the typing app. it on your phone on the app. I was typing on the phone because, because, quicker. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you can't yeah, do it yeah. with a gamepad. You can't right, do it with a gamepad. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And, and, and at this point, you, you were already sucking. So you've got to kind of quickly get back as a quip. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so, okay. So, so I go like, you know, I was really excited when you said that I should quit because I thought I was matched up against this really like good player, and I thought maybe I could learn something and like you know see how he gets this. Did massive... you type all this out? Yeah. So, oh, you've given him a little novel. Okay, no, exactly, okay. exactly. A little novella. Um, uh... <laughs> I bet he came back with something beautiful. And then, and witty. <laughs> oh no, yeah, 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 absolutely. Did. And I was like, well, to me, and I said, to be honest, I was a bit disappointed by only three um, one. I was kind of expecting it. Oh. I was kind of expecting a bit more. Nice. And he was like, I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't ask for your life story. Shut up Ooh. talking like you're a professor. Ooh, sir. Did and you I, tell him to sit, sit quietly at the back, please? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, can you give me your name? No. Detention. That's what I would have said. No. To, which, to which I replied, I, I, I think it's probably clear you've not met many. No. And uh, yeah. And he was like, lol. Ooh. And he was like, lol, three, one. And I was like, "Oh, nice!" What? Bringing it and back I was to like, the content. And I was yeah. like, "What? You mean the scoreline? I, I was there." Yeah. Oh goodness! <laughs> and uh, oh, honestly, this guy was just a, just an so anyway. You're idiot. Me- so you turned to friends though. You're meeting him tomorrow, aren't you, for tea and tea and crumpets at the local cafe? For... Uh, well, we can't unfortunately because of lockdown, and uh, he's uh, somewhere oh, where I don't good care. Grief. <laughs> We are a music and movies podcast, and each week we will be talking about some of our most favourite music of movies. Now, of course, this week we have slightly taken a bit of a detour from our mission statement because we have indulged in, well, I say we indulged in our own favourite movies for the time of year, but actually it's kind of one that I brought to the podcast this week, mainly because, of course, uh, Across the pond, and we're recording afterwards, and it will release afterwards. But still, uh, if we're nothing, we're always a couple of days late. Uh, this is Thanksgiving episode, Woo-hoo! so the Thanksgiving 
episode for our uh, fans in North America who we have quite a lot of listeners from North America we'll in fact, that, more actually. so more so than the UK which is nice to see I bet I bet we, we're we're this sort of nice little podcast to them and they're all sort of showing it and sharing around yeah but it's I also cool. think that the British audience uh, hide their numbers in order for us not to get too big for our britches well that's it exactly you've got to make it overseas before you make it in your own country Absolutely. mate that's what they say but of course it is Thanksgiving and Maddie uh, being from North America and New, New Hampshire we celebrated Thanksgiving. We had a nice chicken for the two, uh, and we had a little bit of turkey from a Tesco. They do like a turkey, a turkey joint. So we we had a nice little celebration. And every year, we watch the same movie because it is the classic, and it's the it's the it's the standard Thanksgiving movie. And that movie, of course, is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Of course, it is. Now, there's so many articles online um, that I, I found over this week, because obviously we do a bit of research for moving forward just to see what there is. But yeah, just so, a little bit. So, many, so many times there was articles about this movie, because obviously at this time of year, all of the critics come out the woodwork and they go, oh, this is the movie that everyone needs to be watching, because it's a fantastic movie. It is, really and is so lovely, and I'll hold my hands up and admit that I hadn't actually heard of this movie until you suggested that we cover it this week really no yeah, i hadn't it's... because and i think it, it kind of comes from a period of time where unless that th- that movie wouldn't have been released in cinemas in the uk i would bet uh i don't know yeah probably not actually now that you say it just yeah. because it is I, I don't know it's not aggressively thanksgivingy no, it's it's so so that's how I came to this movie. I didn't come to this movie as a Thanksgiving movie. This was again, this was one of but my favorite. Well, it is, of course, but this is one of the most favorite movies of my dad's. He he loved this movie and growing up we used to love watching it and there's a particular scene that is his most favorite scene we'll get to. And the but the the whole concept of the movie, he just abs- absolutely loved and he showed it to Chris and I, my brother, uh growing up and and it was just it was just like our little iconic, the three of us, you know, the boys movie. And it was only when I, you know, met Maddie and started celebrating Thanksgiving with her, I kind of went, oh, well, I've got a Thanksgiving movie that I watched. And it was only when I remembered it. And then thus we we started watching mm-hmm. it. And we've made it a little tradition every year. Nice. Um, but, oh, man, it's just, it's just a fantastic whole, I think wholesome is the word for this yeah. movie. Um, and no, and we obviously we like it to movies such as like Home Alone and Uncle Buck and obviously Cool Runnings of that era. You said Hear No Evil, See No Evil. Yeah. Uh, when we sort of chatted about it in the week, but I think just um, so getpocket.com kind of did a little article which kind of went. Um, you wait for it. That long weekend, um, you know, will include family, maybe some football, plenty of food, and then the leftovers and the sales the day after. Everything looks great in those weeks leading up to the fourth Thursday in November until it all goes to hell with that long drive, probably filled with holiday traffic and the drunk relatives whose opinion you really don't care about. The anticipation of the holiday is fun. The drama that insurers during is not. That's one of the many brilliant things about 1987's Planes, Trains and Automobiles, the last truly great movie that John Hughes took on the triple job of writing, producing and directing before slowly fading into the background. Yeah. And so the build-up of the holiday of Steve Martin's Neil Page experience is trying to make it from New York to Chicago. And it's and it's that's the beauty of this movie, is that time of year, and even, you know, obviously up until this year, everyone's probably experiencing that. You know, that travelling home, for, for we obviously don't celebrate it nearly as much. It's Christmas for us. 
but that Thanksgiving feeling of trying to get home to your family. And I think that's what it makes it so relatable to audiences. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It does. And I think we've all been on similar journeys. Yeah. Everyone's got this everyone's story. Got everyone's a, got, everyone's got, got traveling this, stories. Yeah, exactly. And traveling horror stories as well. And I've had, uh, I've had a, a, a couple of them. What the most, the most recent one actually being last, last summer when I had to fly to the other side of Ireland uh, to Cork. Oh, I remember this. Uh, in yeah. Ireland for a performance that I was involved with that evening and I arrived at the airport and my passport was out of date. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh man, that's stressful. That is stressful. I mean, you've only yourself to blame. Oh yeah, no no no. <laughs> cool. 100%. Okay, cool. But even if even if you're the one to blame, it's still I don't think you've it's told still a me horror story. Oh no, I I, I, think... I I think I have. Have you okay, go I've... on then. Right. So basic basically I arrive at Stansted Airport and right. I realize my pa- my passport is out of date horror sorry I took a big yeah go for it i Ab- took a big gulp of absolute horror <laughs> now i do some googling mm-hmm. and i find out that actually there's a special border crossing between the uk and the republic of ireland where if you've got valid id you don't necessarily have to have an international passport that, okay. that's valid and in date however that is at the discretion of the airline <gasps> okay the airline in particular that i was flying with from stansted was ryanair uh, an airline N- known famous, for their leniency <laughs> for if there's a decision to be made against the customer, the customer yeah. that is the decision that will be made even yeah. if it's at no financial gain to them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and this is what happened um i went up to the information lady and i said listen my passport's out my passport's out of date can i still board this flight i have this information from gov it says if i've got a valid ID, which I do. I have my driving license, and and she said, "No, you you can't you can't fly Ryanair. The best we can the best we can do is uh, get you to Belfast, and then oh, really? and then get on and then you can like get on the train to wherever you're going from there." And I was like, "Well, no, that, that's not good enough. I'm not going to Belfast. I'm going to Cork. That's yeah, two yeah, very yeah. very different places." And she was like, "Well, you can't you can't fly to the Republic of Ireland on without uh, in." in date passport and i was like well yes i can because it says here and it was just one of those arguments that wasn't going anywhere so did you use a lot of f words at this point i didn't actually (laughs) i I didn't actually i even in this situation even in this situation did you have your tie around your ears no 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 i didn't but that's such a a great shot we'll get to that even in that situation i'm always a one for camera head camera heads prevail i i i you are famously known for this. I, yeah, I just Whereas don't, I, I've see, gone I don't see the point in just railing in just railing on someone because because that for something that's clearly like above their pay grade. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying. So my solution, to cut a long story short, was to get a train from Stansted through through London to Heathrow to get an Aer Lingus flight because they would let me on 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 the plane. Oh wow. And okay. I had an hour and a half to get from Sta- Stansted to Heathrow. Goodness. To get the plane and I did. And were you sat next to an annoying blabbermouth the whole way I was, there? I was not. <laughs> Selling you shower curtain rings. <laughs> I was absolutely not. 
goodness god i hate stories like that. i've got stressful stories i think it's london that stresses you out as well mostly yeah. you're trying to get across london um with tr- planes trains and automobiles though this is on record as john candy and steve martin's favorite film of their own which i think is so lovely when you watch it yeah this is the one that they love the most i find it most interesting that steve martin said that because i I said this i said this to you right after right after i watched it because we um had a had a little chat after afterwards Mm. Yeah, yeah and i said he is absolutely fantastic in this movie but he is not the Steve Martin that is the no. typecast Steve Martin. You're right. He's yeah, not right. the cheaper by the dozen. And he's, well, so, not, so he's this... not father of oh, the bride. Sorry, Maddie's, Maddie's grinding some food, <laughs> food up. Sorry, the, can you hear I that? Can, actually, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we'll just okay. wait a sec. That, that's, that's our breakfast being made. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> there we go. It'll be stopped soon. Um, no, no, you're right. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't that. This isn't like the typical, you know, the jerk, for example. Yeah. Um, another fun fact for this is prior to shooting, John Candy arrived with exercise equipment for him to use during the production. Uh, Cruz uh, had installed a treadmill, bench press, a uh, bench press, weights, and other exercise gear because you know it's a, it's quite an, a physical, exertive movie. Um, Steve Martin said Candy never used any of it, which I thought was quite funny. He's the nineties, eighties. Um, he's the nineteen eighties yeah. Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, exactly. I've said that before. Exactly. Dwayne Johnson goes around with his own private gym. Exactly. Yes, yeah, so with John Candy. Just, just John never Candy. touched it. I love I, that. That would be that would be a brilliant kind of trivia question. It's like Dwayne Johnson is famous for going going around the world with his own gym. What other famous actor was known to do this? To do this, John Candy. <laughs> So do we want to talk about the first kind of music intro? Because obviously the movie doesn't start with music. It starts with the sound of a plane, a train, and then an automobile. Yes, with and then huge lettering. Writing. Yeah, yeah, just across, across the, the screen. screen. And I was like, right, right off the bat, there's my <laughs> epileptic fit coming and then, hot and fast. And then you have the brilliant scene where he's like, he's, the, the boss is making him late because he's not comparing the, the pictures um, quick enough. And then we get outside to that iconic taxi chase sequence with one and only Kevin Bacon, a young Kevin yeah. Bacon. What, what was he doing it in this? It was brilliant. It was brilliant. But I love that. I love the 80s techno beat as they're chasing each other for that one yeah. taxi. And but the, ju- the just to the... bring it back to Kevin Bacon, though, where was mm-hmm. this in his career? So I did make a I did make a fact on this. So basically, that the 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 chase sequence. So in 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 the movie, she's having a baby. The motel scene is showing on television throughout the film, but it hadn't been released yet. So both pictures, uh, both films have have Kevin Bacon, John Candy, and uh, William Wyndham in them. But Bacon stars in She's Having a Baby in nineteen eighty eight. And the cameos in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles in 1987. So, and then Candy, John Candy cameos in She's Having a Baby. So there's a rumor that it's the same character from the film She's Having a Baby. Okay. So it's it's kind of like well, John Candy was in one, so Kevin Bacon kind of should be yeah. in the other one. But this isn't. Um, but this isn't. A, what I'm saying is this isn't a sort of cameo that is you know, before they were famous kind of cameo, like like he was like an, an extra or something like no, that. No, I think he was. Because this I think is he after was famous. Foot, this is after Footloose. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this this was this was a just a, I think it was a, like I say, I think it was a favor to the production team because of Candy and their inclusion. You know, but I think back in the day, everyone was just such, they were all such good mates, all these guys. Yeah. And actually appearing in each other's films was just no skin off their nose. Well, exactly. You know, there wasn't, there wasn't, there wasn't miles of contractual agreements and all sorts and having to, people having to get as much screen time as someone else 
um, you get the impression it was just done as a favor, which I think was really nice. Yeah, but, but speaking, no, I, I love. But speaking speaking of cameos, um, did you notice Michael McKean? Yes, as the state as trooper. The state, state I trooper, really, and I that he was just really had funny. that face. And like the the thing I know Michael McKean from most, which I su- suspect is the same for you, is Better Call Saul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. Chuck Saul, uh, Saul Goodman's older brother, or Jimmy McGill's uh-huh. older brother, and he is absolutely brilliant in that series. Yeah, he's absolutely yeah. brilliant, and I just, I, I love, I love seeing actors like that just in these silly movies. Yeah. Can we can we talk though about the 80s techno music because it is a thing of its time. We've got it once here with the taxi sequence chase and then it's used in a little bit more uh, kind of like of a risque way when we we obviously the flight's cancelled and we get that beautiful harmonica just like blues kicking over because you know Chicago here's closed. He's got to fly to Wichita. Him and Dell partner up. They get a hotel room. It's the last hotel room in the complex. Yeah. And the camera pans around when they get into the hotel room and the 80s kind of like techno, almost like a porn kind of music it kicks is. in. Do you know? Because do you know? <laughs> that's exactly what Ilhem said. Yeah, that's exactly She's what like, it is. This, sound, this sounds like an 80s porn movie. But that's the joke, but that's the joke of it because then it just, it just pans on the double bed. And every time, you know, you that's, it's such a timeless thing. And obviously it, it's only when you when you really put yourself in their position of I'm with a stranger and I've got to, I've met this guy on the plane and I've got to share a bed with him. Absolutely. It's brilliant. It's such a brilliant little like quirk. And then he's obviously Steve Martin showering. And we have the kind of the funny violin sequence. I'm about to sneeze at some point. We have the beautiful violin sort of sequences he's in the shower. The shower keeps stopping and starting in that kind of plucking of the violins whilst John Candy's shaking up the bed. He's got the beer cans everywhere. You know, he's got the one towel left over, which I, oh, it just makes me laugh Ab- so absolute, much. That whole absolutely. Thing. And it's, it's, it's really funny, Steve Martin's character in this one, the progression he goes towards insanity in, yeah. in, yeah, in this yeah. movie. Because you get a sense pretty early in, in the movie, and I think this is just the, the brilliance of how he acts it. It's just one thing after another. And by the time he gets to this hotel scene and he has his his epic monologue, which yes. I'm sure you'd love to talk about, he, you get a sense that he's like, oh, he's ready to murder this man. Yeah. Later yeah, yeah, in the yeah, movie, you get the sense that he's ready to murder anyone. He's anyway, ready yeah, to murder exactly. the next person that he sees. So so John Hughes very carefully put this sequence in Wichita in the movie because it's a very it's a very famous sequence. That whole sequence in that one hotel room from the you know the the shower sequence, them arriving, sleeping in the double bed and waking up and then that really famous kind of explosion that you have because what he what John Hughes did was he he turned the tide on the characters. He recognized that this is the sort of movie where you've got two characters that get on each other's nerves. And what you don't want is you don't want the audience to pick sides. You don't want the audience to turn on one or turn on the other. No, they both so how they he, both have their flaws. I don't side exactly, with either one of them. Well, no, but but you didn't want to you didn't want to completely fall out with one of the one or the other with them. And so that's what that explosion in the hotel sequences is designed to do. So what it's designed to do is it's designed to make you go, 
right, I can see why Steve Martin's annoyed at him. And after he explodes at John Candy, and John Candy has that heroic reaction, which again, we'll want to talk, talk about. Steve, Candy, uh, Steve, uh, Steve Martin kind of goes, or Neil Page just goes, okay, fine, like I get it. Yeah. And the reason that he put that in there is because he wanted to make Del Griffith or John Candy's character instantly likable and relatable. Yeah. And the way he does that is through just one of the most, it's one of the most lovely little speeches in the world. And when you, and obviously we, we know the twist at the end. Yeah. Which, so the second time you watch that, knowing the twist at the end, it's a heartbreaking Sure, speech. I can imagine. It's, it's, oh, it's, you know, it's, you know, my, uh, you want to have a go at me? I'm an easy target. Some people say I talk too much. I also listen too much. You know, my, but but I like me. My wife likes me. Um, oh, yeah. I can't. Like, it actually gets me a little no, bit. No, it's, it's, it's so heartfelt. It's really, and it's really when, beautiful speech. When the twist happens at the end in that, I think, you know, I think I think we should, I think we should say spoilers. His his wife has been dead for for eight years, eight, year, yeah. eight years, and he's by himself, and he doesn't really have a home. It, he sold it so well throughout the movie, and it tracks throughout the movie. So the fact that yeah. even though you said that second time watching it, knowing all of that makes it even better. But you know, the movie is so fresh in my mind. I knew that he had sold it way uh-huh. earlier in the movie before it happened and that really got me and i really welled up when that yeah, real, when that realization came to fruition like it was oh did you well up at the end did no, you because it, it gets lovely. me every time it, it gets really, me every time it really really did honestly but it's 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 john candy's face it's his it's it's the charisma in his eyes and you know he stood there in his matching pajamas he just does things his own way and whilst yeah. he's quite a bold and brazen character he's also so soft and so you know just such a a, a nice guy um yeah absolutely a, a real juxtaposition to the uptightness of yeah of of yes yeah, of, Martin, of steve Neil martin's Page. character and it's interesting what you were saying about not wanting to side or fall out with either one of the characters because yeah. instantly when we when we meet John Candy, I knew that he was going to be the character in the movie to make this guy soften up. Yeah, to, yeah. You know, to show this guy that he that he doesn't need to be so cynical and cold and and all that. And I was like, okay, great. I'm totally on board with this character. I was 100 percent on Dell uh-huh. right up until the minute he took his socks off on the plane. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Unforgivable. Yeah. I don't care. No, I don't care. I don't care how nice and um, full of zest of life you are. Do not take socks off on a plane, you scumbag. <laughs> we then get to what is considered my dad's fav- my my dad's most favorite scene in this film, which is uh, the the inclusion of Emmy Lou Harris's "Back in Baby's Arms" from 1963, which is the scene where it cuts to them in the morning, having spent the night in the hotel room together, and they're curled up together. Sp- John Candy spooning Steve Martin. It's a little kiss on kissing the ear. Him, kissing it's a him kiss on the, the ear. ear. It's genius. <laughs> And he goes, and he goes. Where's your other hand between two pillows? 
those aren't pillows. And then the music just, ah! <laughs> and then they stand up and they're like, oh, because he's obviously had his hand up his arse. Oh. And then he goes, and the best, my dad's favorite line of this movie, he goes, see the Bears game? Hell, hell of a game, game, hell, hell of a game. game. Yeah, <laughs> so good. I actually, unfortunately, unfortunately, that scene was used as the kind of Netflix trailer. You know, the autoplay trailer. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. that was used as the as the autoplay trailer. Oh, no, wait. No, because this wasn't on Netflix. No, it was... No, I don't think it was. Uh, we looked up a trailer. We looked up a trailer before we watched it, and it was in the trailer. It was like, see oh, the bear no, games? No, hell of a game, hell of a game. So no. funny. Yeah, it's, it's, that, it's that automatic. What's the, what's the most heterosexual, manly thing we can talk about? Exactly, It's a football exactly, game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm assuming football. Is oh. bears football? Yeah, it was. So yeah. there's 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 a little, there's a fact on that I could get into about how actually the Bears hadn't actually played. They so the, that Thanksgiving weekend was supposed to have, so that scene someone tracked it took place. If it was two days before Thanksgiving, nineteen eighty seven, it would have taken place in the twenty. Uh, it would have pl- taken place on the twenty second of November, I think, for that year. Or the Bears weren't supposed to have played until the twenty seventh. And there's a whole I I looked it all up, but I can't be arsed. It's not really important fact. Might edit that out. Might not. Um, <laughs> the other the other. <laughs> So I get really nerdy about these films. The other fact that I want to talk a little bit about are the, the funny music sequences. And we're cutting around a little bit of the movie. But to kind of stick to the music vibe of it. And we obviously have some some really fun... We have some really fun introductions of music. So like we've got the Bloomin' Kentucky uh, by John Monroe or Continental Trail- Trailway Blues, which is used by like the Steve Earle classic, which kind of plays as they're, they're in the back of the truck freezing their nads off when he's trying to grab the gloves and the dog tries to bark him, which is really great introduction. You know, these sort of like Midwest blues, classic blues. And they, you know, they've clearly moved away from putting like um, on the road again. You you know, you, you picture one yeah. of those sort of songs. Yeah, it's not do. included. But the one... The one musical interlude that's out completely out of character, which I want to talk about, is the bus sequence where they're singing on the bus. Because obviously, we in the podcast, we've been tracking singing on the bus and whether it's totally acceptable. We have, or not actually. We acceptable. have. Ever since Pitch Perfect, and, and, Callum was called out on his bullshit. <laughs> and actually, I love this sequence. Again, this is another one of my dad's favorite sequences where we go, everyone's singing. And I love it that Del Griffith. Is just he's of course he's that character, and I related to him. Who's who's orchestrating all the songs that are being sung on the bus? Like he's introducing who's going to be singing next and what song they're yeah. singing. And Neil eventually goes, "I've got a song," and he goes, "We've got Neil Griffiths," and he sings Frank Sinatra. I don't know if it's Frank Sinatra's. I version. didn't know the song, but that's what I felt oh, very yeah. relatable about it because none of the <laughs> other guy, no, nobody else knew the song either. Or is it? It's Sammy Khan, I think, who's originally performed, or he did the lyrics, and then and and, uh, and Frank Sinatra saying three coins in the fountain, three coins in a fountain, each one, and it's a very old, old song. I think it was originally 1954, which was when it was originally released, and no one recognised it, and all the all turn around, as you say, because no one knows it. And then Del Griffith just sing Flintstones, made the Flintstones. <laughs> I just love that sequence. <laughs> it's just so. It's just. It's it's a perfect choice of car and john candy's favorite cartoon as he's always said is the flintstones yeah. which makes it just so much more you know lovely. the, the flintstones actually used to be on kids tv when yeah. when we were yeah, like yeah, really yeah. really Hanna young Barbera. and so it was the scooby-doo and yeah all and stuff. it's just it, it's amazing the quality of those cartoons and how, like how important they are that they actually survived to like 90s kids well, because that is decades. <laughs> it is, yeah. 
I, but the best thing about it, and as you say, it's, it's even back in the day, the end of the Flintstones theme in the 60s, and it was still used in this movie in the 80s, and we still, you know, sing it. I still used to do this when I watched it and as a kid, is as the camera pans out on the bus traveling. <laughs> and then just at the end of the song, you just hear John Candy going, Wilma! Because he just he just gets so into yeah. it, and I just oh, I think that is one of my most. Now that I think about it more, it's when he's like bouncing his fist off the seat, just giving it yeah. loudly, just singing the Flintstones. He's so sweet. I love yeah. it. It's such a brilliant inclusion. Do we want to talk about the marathon rental car sequence? Absolutely, Go definitely. Because you, this was the first thing you brought up when when we kind of debriefed yeah, on the movie. This is full, full breakdown. And if you yeah. thought that this was up until this point, a uh, family friendly PG holiday romp, this is this is when you would be proven mistaken because the <laughs> expletives that he shouts at this poor woman sitting behind yeah. her desk is. Tucker esque for anyone who gets <laughs> who, who everyone, to anyone who gets that reference. Well, you, you make a good point there, actually, Alex, because the marathon rent car scene is ex- is exactly one minute long from the time that Steve Martin starts his triad to the time that the attendant ends the scene, and she ends it beautifully as well. And in that sixty seconds, the f word is used eighteen times. Now, the film would have been. PG-13 or P- PG or PG-13, but the MPA, which is the American, I don't know. Motion Picture Association. Um, uh, by the Motion Picture Association, if it wasn't for this. So, sorry. So it would have been PG, but I think it was then put to PG-13 yep. because of this one sequence. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would. But the only country in the world that didn't make this decision was actually New Zealand. It's a fun Interesting. fact. Interesting. They were, they were like, oh, we get it. It's a little, little swim. Yeah. <laughs> Just a handful. Yeah, of, you know, just of makes it colourful. <laughs> Easy, is a colourful. Yeah, makes it very, makes it very <laughs> colourful. That, that, that was bordering on South African, mate. You need to, you need to work yeah, on your, yeah, no, your regional terrible, Pacific terrible. accent. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We do have listeners in New Zealand. I'm so sorry, guys. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, it's so funny. And w- when this starts, when he, when he gets taken to the car that's not there, you know that that car is not going to be there before. Yeah, before you're it happens right. Because he's reading, he's reading the parking lot number. He goes, all right, D five. He goes D one, D two, and as soon as he does it, you're like, nope, the car's not there. Car's not there. Yeah, and he's got to flip a lid, and and he does, <laughs> and it's and it, it's it's brilliant. And what's even better is after he's gone on his effing tirade, yeah, to this to this woman who. Incidentally, you you're supposed to think deserves it a little bit for having yeah. a very personal sounding phone conversation while yes, behind yes. the while behind the desk with a huge queue waiting with a huge queue. It's yeah. like, is that really the time exactly. to be phoning about your Thanksgiving exactly, meals? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Like everyone's yeah. got places to. But be then already. I suppose if she didn't, you know, slight him at all before that in the scene then it would it would seem very very like cruel to just yeah to, exactly to yes yeah, so, so i think it, that's I think a good it was point you make yeah. for, the, for the movie in order to that's keep it. it kind of light-hearted um uh-huh. but but her her response which was um do you have your rental agreement 
Is that I, I threw, threw it, threw it away. Way. <laughs> it's just, it's just, you, you know, when you're just yeah, yeah, you're yeah, pushing yeah. all of these words out because you just can't. You're, you're just, just done. done. And she was like, oh dear. And he's like, oh dear. Oh what? dear. What? You're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> It's a it's brilliant though, isn't yeah. it? It's because uh, it is just a great sequence, and you know it's it's the, it's the sequence that often when you think of planes, trains, and automobiles, you've got the really famous scenes. You've got the the hotel room in Wichita sequence, and the you know my wife likes me monologue. You you've you've got the you know the the kind of the car sequence which we'll get to the driving the wrong way down the down the motorway at night uh the mess around obviously again we'll get yeah. to which is when, when he's oh, and then and then it's this one and then this one minute sequence which is just it's just brilliant and it's everyone like so we yeah we, we were watching this and we always no matter even if we've got this film on in the background which we kind of did this year because we were still making our food maddie and i stopped to watch just this one sequence because it is just yeah. wonderful it's it, as you say it's th- acting through yeah. the teeth and you, it's so relatable. You've all been, we've, we've all been in that situation. You know, you quite, you know, recently were in, or not recently, but during the summer we're in that situation. Yeah, with absolutely. It's, it's, it's that, it's just amazing. It, there was no need for swearing as well to that woman at the desk in Stansted Airport. That was just, Oh yeah, 100%, 100%. I just saw red. What could I do? And the music that accompanies it is so fantastic because as you said at, uh, at the start, we, we've got that I Can Take Anything, which is the remix. Now, this doesn't happen anymore for movies where you've got, so it's, it's by ETA, but it's it's originally written by David Steele, Andy Cox and John Hughes. So John Hughes being yeah. the writer of the movie had something to say. And it's this techno remix of the kind of the, mu- the music that's played, the, the, I guess just like 80s yeah. music. But in the background of it, you've got, dialogue from neil page and del griffith you know saying ah, you're messing with the wrong guy and yeah. all this sort of stuff what a ridiculous concept this kind of track is like honestly <laughs> it, it is, is utterly it? insane like <laughs> there's a reason it doesn't it doesn't this, exist anymore and the, with the and the record scratching <laughs> i love it i love it personally i, I really do you like know it. what though it's like Axel F. That's exactly what it is. It's do, 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 yeah. do, do, do. It's Thing is, though, I'm not going to defend this kind of track as like a concept of this time because I know this exists in other movies and I know it's yeah. weird as hell in every single one of those movies and totally of its time. I think it works in this movie. And there's a reason yeah, I yeah. think it works, in, it works in this movie is because I think... The, the dialogue that I can take anything is all Neil's, right? And yes. it's happening at a time where he is so far past every breaking point, it's frightening. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And the fact that you get this kind of like techno, almost um, psychedelic mm. track with his own voice in his head, you've got to imagine it's like hallucinating. It's like a... It, oh it's, yeah, it's that's like funny. his descent into madness with his with a oh, with, really with his own voice yeah. saying, "I can take anything." <laughs> and all he can and all he can hear in the also in the track is him going Del Griffith, Del Griffith. All he can hear is that name just going over because obviously John Candy's some of his dialogue was re-recorded yeah. for this track as well. It's it's yeah, you're right. And then they use it at the end credits as well. Yeah, absolutely. Now the funny. use in the end credits that's just the that's just the eighties. That's just the eighties. But yeah, I, maybe the- I'm gra- maybe I'm like clutching at straws here for you know looking for that kind of meaning. But like I, I did sort I did really want to read into that as a kind of 
commentary on his state of psyche. No, that's good. I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought. Do we want to talk about so the mess around car sequence, which is another very famous sequence? And it's so Family Guy have parodied quite a lot of parts from this movie. They parodied the, the speech of my wife likes me and stuff. You want to make it, you know, I'm an easy target. They also parodied this Peter Griffin playing both of the both <laughs> John Candy. Yeah. And these. But the, the mess around car, it's just amazing. So this is the second song that both Neil and Dell listen to on the radio uh, while they're on the highway at night. Now, Ray, it's by Ray Charles and Ray Charles and John Candy. Uh, had both starring roles in the Blues Brothers yeah, in 1980. Did. So Ray Charles playing the music store owner and John Candy playing the police detective. But when he's when he's playing the piano on the on the car and then he's doing the he's doing the saxophone, it's just wonderful. And this is the sequence before he. So he's getting his uh, just before he gets his coat. He tries to take his coat off because he's thrown the cigarette in the back seat. It makes it quite warm, and he gets his. It gets, and you would you're just shouting. Just Everything stop the car. that happens just stop in the this car. scene stresses me out <laughs> to no end. <laughs> Honestly, because yes, you're like stop the car. There's nothing on the road. There's no traffic. There's you just stop the car. It's icy. You are going to yeah. die. Stop it. <laughs> You're going the wrong way. Thank you. He, he doesn't know where we're going. Yeah. Why would he? Yeah. Why do? How why would he, he know where we're going? It's the moment. It's the moment where he looks at the snow separating the roads, and he just looks down at yeah, it, and then yeah. just slowly looks back up. You're going <laughs> yeah. to kill someone, and the two of them, the driver and the passenger, assumedly his wife. Um, yeah, it's, it's the synchronization, synchronization. It's and wonderful. it's really animated faces. Like obviously, listeners, you can't see my face, but like you're going to kill someone. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. they're both bobbing yeah. their heads along with their monosyllabic <laughs> statement. It is wonderful, and it's so funny. It and Steve great. Martin's just woken up from a nap, and he's like, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic, and the whole sequence. So that sequence with the with when he breaks the seat and the F word sequence, that was the two. It was those two little parts in the movie that that made Steve Martin sign on the dotted line. That that was that was what kind of got him over. And um, again, we we talk about the car sequence and it's on fire and stuff. It's yeah, just like whatever another, can go wrong yeah. will go wrong. One thing that one thing that I liked about this, a classic hallmark of the eighties, is when he phones his wife from the the hotel room. She she she's got her lipstick on in bed. She's like fully makeuped up when she's in bed. Like I just always make it laugh. And I want to talk about the house because that is a beautiful big house and and maddie and i were having this discussion as to you know like that's the sort of houses from the 80s that you saw and the other one was the house was that neil's family home is actually in uh, so it's in illinois in kellyworth so it's um on warwick and the house is used in uh, the house used in home alone in 1990 was on lincoln avenue in, in Winnetica, which is one right. town over so it's this area of the country this area of illinois where all the because it does look very similar it does. to the home alone isn't it interesting that every single one of these houses that you see in every single one of these movies always sit perfectly per- it's perfect perfectly in the snow for a start and it also perfectly uh-huh. like squared up at 90 degrees to yeah the road opposite so it looks down a street Yes, like exactly. a T-junction. Like perfectly yeah. on, the, on the T-junction. And it's... Well, and that, I was thinking, yeah, I don't want that house. It's like, they're, they're, it's like no. they're, they're, pa- they're painting it going, this is the best the best house in this perfect neighbourhood. And I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah, you want the one at the end no, of the street, not. don't want, you? You want the one at yeah, the end I want of the cul-de-sac. the one that nobody walks past. I want privacy. Exactly. But it's, it is just... it's a per- And, you know, we were saying, like, 
you know, like film film houses. You know, it's a huge, I mean, that's a millions of pounds of worth of of, of yeah, property. Especially now, and you kind of don't really, yeah, and you don't really get that nowadays, or it's just films don't really include that. Whereas, you know, you look at the McAllister home from Home Alone, and it's mental yeah, how yeah. big what, that is and how what many do those parents do to have that exactly. many kids? <laughs> live as well yeah. as they, and live as well as they do there is i think there's i think there's like an underlying theme where it's like the family are i think the dad in home alone is like a shady in, or he's in or with the mafia like or the mob well in or home alone like too they, there's, they there's... stay at the bloody like the the fanciest hotel in new york yeah it's um is it the waldorf yeah. story or i think it, like exactly that? it's the yeah. is the waldorf yeah that's funny um, a little fun fact for you here, mate. So Martin Ferraro is an actor. He plays, uh, he makes an appearance uh, as the the hotel or the motel clerk just after the, the fire sequence with the car. But he, obviously, in our previous episode of Going Through the Motions in Jurassic Park, he played Donald uh, Gennaro. So the guy who played the lawyer in Jurassic Park also appears in Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. I did not spot him. Little, little, I yeah, did, did not... you not spot him? So it's Donald, it's Donald Gennaro. Yeah, it's the same one. Now, I want to, I think we're getting to the end of this, and I want to talk about the last track of the movie because the last piece of music covers the end sequence. Now, the song that's played every time you go away, so it's performed by The Blue Room, uh, produced by Steve Levine, but every time you go away is, it's a classic 80s build-up love ballad that plays at the end because that's it that's the one that kicks in as you said as they're walking down the t-junction road they're both carrying the trunk in the background is steve's house uh, is steve martin's house neil page's house and this piece of music always gets me because it's when he's seeing his family he gives his wife a big you know a big hug and his, his kids you know a big hug as well so one of the kids the young kid is also the one that plays chris and mrs doubtfire don't no, know if you picked up didn't, on that didn't you pick that up as well but now that bolt, you said that i can cut. see it Hundred percent. Yeah, you can see it. So I've got a fun fact about this. So Elton John and lyricist Gary Osborne were commissioned to compose the theme song for the film. They had nearly completed writing it when just two days before they went to record it, Paramount Pictures issued a last-minute demand that the original song master uh, become property of the studio. So Elton Re uh, Elton's record company, Polygram, would not allow. Uh, for it to become part of the studio. He wanted this uh, under contractual obligation to be given to Polygram and the rights to be released on the music. So so basically, there was a kind of rights issue. Absolutely. Um, oh, Paramount... Yeah, look, yeah, yeah, look, exa 1987, you don't, yeah. you don't own an Elton John song in 1987. That's like, it. You just don't. And so Paramount and Polygram couldn't, uh, could not reach a deal uh, in, in the impasse, and both composers withdrew from the project. So Paramount in, uh, instead opted to license Paul Young's Every Time You Go Away as the movie's theme song, and Elton John's original theme was never recorded. And I'm desperate to know what yeah. that would have sounded like, because I think in the, you know, I love Every Time You Go Away. I love this sequence, because this sequence also, it has that one, when he's realized that actually his wife is dead, and he invites Dell into the family home. It's it, it gets you as well. It's a beautiful song for a beautiful sequence. And and it's in his eyes, and he's standing in the doorway holding his hat in two hands, like yeah. he's quite shy. And it's, it's got the that only time in the movie. Ballad. It's the only time in the movie where you feel that he's out of his element. Yeah. 
yeah he's he's it's a new it's a new environment for him being in a family yeah. home and neil you know is more than happy to include him in in his family and introduce him to his family which is it's just lovely but it, it's i love this song but i just can't help thinking now that i read that fact i wonder what that elton john song yeah. would have sounded like and i haven't done enough research and i'm sure i could probably find it but the the fact that it wasn't recorded kind of means it probably probably not out there you probably can't find this i don't think probably not um, which leads which leads me to so i and just before we talked about john candy's face so the the movie ends with a freeze frame on john candy with a tight-lipped grin uh, and in Uncle Buck, it ends in exactly the same way with a freeze frame on John Candy. So they kind of went, well, we'll just, you know, just just uh, re repeat this for Uncle Buck, which which was released two years later. But when we talk about what we uh, what 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 could have been, I want to kind of get into a little bit of information about this movie, because there's something else that always plagues this movie, uh, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, which is kind of uh Zack Snyder, the Snyder Cut-esque of what we had with the Justice oh. League, where there was, according to editor Paul Hirsch, the original cut of this movie was three hours and 40 Jeez, minutes long. That's a whole lot of things going wrong. Exactly. And and so, and if you watch the trailer for this movie, there was a lot of the stuff in the trailer that didn't include it in the movie, you know. And there's also extra scenes. I read sequences where they ended up in a strip club because they had to use the phone. And so there's a whole a lot of hilarity in Shoes where he's on the phone to his wife and he can hear like stripper music in the background and stuff. Um, so, and he and John Hughes edited it down uh, to two hours. This version was test screened and it was probably used to edit trailers for the film. Uh, which is why they showed a lot of deleted scenes. But the movie was then re-edited again down to one hour and 33 minutes for theatrical release. Uh, according to Hirsch, a, according to Hirsch, which is the editor, a two-hour version still exists, but he doesn't know where it is. Brilliant. Which is which is great. And, so, and, then, and then the other fact of this is because John Hughes shot over 600,000 feet or um, 180,000 meters of film, almost twice the industry average. And the rumored three-hour version of this film does indeed exist somewhere, although not all in order. Moreover, it's a mess of footage that would take months, maybe even years, according to Hughes, to, trans uh, to transform into an actual film. However, it's locked away in Paramount's vault. Right according next to, Hughes, to the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> exactly and most of it has probably deteriorated by now which just gets me you know it's 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 this film the more i've researched it the whole elton john piece and it wasn't recorded and the fact that there is you know a best part of four hours cut of this movie yeah. out there somewhere it gets me i just i want to see all this stuff i want to watch all this stuff and it leaves me yeah. wanting more and I don't know how I feel about that. It is, it is, it is a crying shame. Unfortunately, like the yeah. history of Hollywood is like littered with all of these kind of what ifs and they weren't mm. always very, very good. I think they probably are now, you know, since obviously movie studios were bought by mega corporations because they mm. weren't always so, you know, MGM and Paramount and all these places were at one point or another, just movie studios, not like huge media conglomerates. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, yeah. But before that, there were lots of other examples. Like if, for the in the example of MGM, a lot of original film and documents, including like original scores. Like I think I've said before about yeah. the original written music for Singing in the Rain doesn't exist mm -hmm. anymore. The scores don't exist because it they were destroyed in a fire 
Oh, wow. And everything in that MGM warehouse was destroyed. And it's now, it's now that site is now a golf course. Oh, goodness. So, like, those original scores, like, don't exist. Yeah. And, well, I know I said that on uh, the very first episode of the of this podcast, actually. There's no more scores, but I bet there's probably quite a few fours. Am I right? Oh, <laughs> Christ. <laughs> did you see what I did there? Because four God. is used in the game of golf. It's a word that's used to describe when you've hit the ball and you potentially might hit someone, and that's it. Remember, jokes are funnier when you explain. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, remember you, I remember you explaining that. <laughs> No, I know what you mean. It's it's it is tragic, and you get this stuff. And as you say, you know, with with digital stores of a lot of you know the fact that film generally is shot digitally now as opposed to on 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 actual film helps. And I think it's that phrase of, but it's it's not. It, you get these instances where it's one off incidences, you know, like the fire, as you say, and that's tragic and it's horrible. But what gets me is that it's in Paramount's vault, and as you say, that kind of brings up the the imagery of of uh indiana jones-esque but it's the idea that it's deteriorating slowly yeah you know it's it's like it's just sat there it's not in the perfect conditions for it to remain usable and so it's just slowly being deteriorated away through the elements and you're like oh god yeah it's sad it is sad um anyway that that leaves us to ask only one question and how many thumbs up are you giving this one one yeah go for yeah. it i'm giving it one because i thought it was a beautiful movie i thought that the music was generic of its time yeah for the most part that's fair i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna use i think it's i think it sounds like every other john hughes movie I think it, it's, oh, it does I, it does i think it i think it sounds like home alone i think it sounds like ferris bueller's day off i think it sounds like all of that and i don't think that each movie has its own necessarily individual voice mm. and the best thing i can say about it is obviously what i was trying to read into in that um uh that decaying state of mind thing with the with the remix thing but mm. even that is a stretch and it's not it's not enough to give it two thumbs up for me so the only reason i'm giving this two thumbs up it's i don't think i, I think the music partners with the movie fantastically with the inclusions and i think every time you go away is one of those just for me it's one of those beautiful song inclusions because you don't really get that much where a really famous song at the time just gets plugged into a movie it's such an iconic scene and the whole remix where they've got their voice and i like that comparison you said about it's them going mad and the inclusion of their singing in the movie and the kind of the slow harmonica blues that plays in the background when the train shudders to a halt because they have to walk across the field. I think the music is perfect for this movie, but it's probably, as you say, not enough to give it two thumbs up on its own, but I have to give it two thumbs up because the nostalgia, like I can, I can see the movie when I hear any of these songs, when I hear back in baby's arms, or when I hear every time you go away, I just instantly see the scenes. And it's probably not because the music is used so effectively. It's just because I've seen this movie so much. I mean, I watch this movie every year without fail at Thanksgiving. Yeah. So that, I, those kind of traditions are lovely, though. I and love and that. It's, and, and, it's, and, I, and Maddie and I watch every year. We, we relish it. We always look forward to watching it because it's such a rewatchable movie. And for me, it's two thumbs up purely for nostalgia reasons. Fair enough, and I am not one to argue.
moving forward? Shall we move forward? But before we move forward, okay, I'm going to have to insist on a coffee refill break. Okay, go for a ba- coffee refill ba- break. Ba- based on my previous admission of my 2am gaming session, you you may or may not hear my microwave beeping. Okay, well, I thought you were going to be pouring some some coffee into a cup and I, and you were going to pass that off as coffee in a cup when really it was just you going to the, the bathroom to have a piss. <laughs> Absolutely. Two very similar sounds. Do I edit the next bit out? Do I keep back, this bit in? Back, back shortly. I don't know. Okay. We'll, 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 we'll hear we'll, what it sounds like. We'll hear we'll what it be, sounds like. We'll be back in a moment's notice. Alex has gone there. He's uh, gone off to make a bloody coffee. Just left with the background of his lovely living room, which is really nice to see. And uh, soon we'll be moving forward, but not in the moment. We're we're bloody, we're bloody standing still, not moving forward. I think I'll I think I'll use this as an editing point now. Sweet nectar of the gods. Oh, and Alex is back. And how is your coffee? How oh, is it? What what is it? It's beautiful. It's another. Oh, it? It's another lovely cup from uh, our friend Andrew. In oh our yes, hometown roasters, fantastic hometown roasters. Now you can you can get all that stuff online. You can. We should probably put a link in there, shouldn't we, for this? In fact, yeah. let's do that. We put a link at the bottom. Maybe let's before. ask him first. We haven't. No, no, asked no, him. no, no. Let Let's not ask him. Let's put it there. Let's put his Let's put his all his personal information underneath it with a list of his fears as yes. well. <laughs> just, just so people can stalk him. <laughs> now we have a couple of movies to to talk a little bit about in moving forward because there's some interesting developments that are happening. Where do we want to go first? Um, I think, can we just cover off one thing very quickly? Something that's been making the rounds. So that is, of course, in 2018, there was the, the, the world was gripped by the story of the Thai football team, or it was a boys football team. It was a kind of teenagers football team that were, that went for a visit to some caves and in Thailand, and then they got trapped inside oh, the case yes, because the I water this. and and the, the heroic rescue that took place gripped the world and even people like elon musk were leaning in to try and develop some sort of you know underwater system that no, could, i remember do, nav- that yeah could navigate the caves anyway so ron howard is is now directing or he's he's creating a movie around that whole sequence really yeah which interesting. Would be, be interesting to see i think ron howard's very good he's very good at covering biographical films oh and rush is one of the best one yeah. of the best movies of recent years. Yeah, it's a fantastic movie, and I, I really like Ron Howard. I think he's a really great director. I think so do I also I. think he's I also think he's a really nice guy. I always remember famously he had a he had a great interview with Jeremy Clarkson on the old Top Gear, and I remember watching it and it being one of my most favorite because I always liked those interviews. And as I got older, yeah, I liked them that as well. Was the star Boris the Johnson was on it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> but there was there was some really great, you know, even like Tom Cruise and stuff. Like they got some real A listers on that. Oh yeah, on huge. that couch. It was it was, and you've got to imagine people wanted to be on that. And of course, with Rush being released, Ron Howard sat on the couch. Famously, but you would though, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, it's a slight, it's a, it's a slightly off t- off tangent because I always I always noticed that the huge A listers always came on when they were in Britain filming a movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, because obviously you've got Pinewood Studios and these really famous and really well-respected production houses. So you know a lot of movies have a lot of their production at studios in the UK, and you just got to mm. imagine that these A-listers are away from home uh, for a long time doing these shoots, and then the BBC gets in touch and says, "Do you want to drive a car fast round?" Uh, they must know about Top Gear. I think no, they must know. Uh, Top Top Gear. Um, I think I read once is was a big uh, 
at its peak, was a bigger international export for the BBC than Doctor Who. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Obviously, it's not anymore because obviously no. the three lads left. Yeah. But, um, and we had the Grand Tour news last week. And we had the Grand Tour, last tour news last week. But for I a think, massive hunt. But I think, yeah, exactly. But you've just got to imagine that... You know, that must be a big draw. What one one because of how big how big the show is, but two because obviously they're there. And why wouldn't you want to go to a track and mm. and drive really fast? Like that's just yeah. like one of those things that like everybody loves to do. Exactly. Don't want to, well, speak, I, don't want to speak for the whole population. Maybe you're right there and you don't no, like every, to drive fast I, I, around an empty track. But nah, I've never met do. anyone who does. What always used to make me laugh was how they always used to lean forward when Jeremy slowly read their times out because oh, he always yeah, used to yeah, make yeah. a point. I, I love that. I always wanted to drive around that track fast. Me I think, too. Wasn't it on one of the games? Wasn't it on a game? Yeah, it was on um, Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo. They played the Top Gear track. That's awesome. No, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to this movie. It was a really interesting story and I think a very happy ending. So that's a classic Ron Howard biography. So yeah, I'm interested to see what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now we talked about filming in the UK and filming in London because my other news is that actually it's been announced that the Multiverse of Madness uh, has started production and has started filming in London. So this was released by DR Movie News. Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness has officially begun filming. Now, excellent. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to be filming in London, but I guess it's a keep your eyes out. Now, now I, is it is it filming in London? Filming in London, or filming in London? Pinewood Studios UK actually fifty miles outside of London. Well, like, I don't, who is it that's reporting on this? Because I don't know. a lot of places would just say London because yeah. London is a recognizable name. It's like it's like referring to the whole of the UK as England, which is one thing mm. that I truly, truly love. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I would say I I would say I would say it might actually be filming in the city centre. The reason why is because obviously a couple of weeks ago, I sort of gave you some news that I saw something being filmed just outside of Covent Garden near the, uh, I think it was the Freemasons Museum. Ah, but I Museum. think if I remember rightly, you were theorising that it was... It was um, the Batman. Pattinson's Batman. Yeah, so I'm not sure, but I would suspect... So I, I'm fortunate that I, I, I now and again uh, go in and out to our, our, our London office and I cycle through London, and I think that the i think that i might if if i see anything i'll let you know mate because mm. i kind of go through some of the landmarks good, good, good. Uh, so i'll i'll keep a i'll keep abreast of that but that is now officially filming fabulous love that now i've got another couple of couple of, of things to bo- bring to moving forward the other thing that i wanted to kind of discuss with you and it came in as an e- an email to us um, and it was a question and you can you can write in any question you have at motionspod at gmail.com yep. we love your questions and we and we love these discussion points and one of the discussion points is that david lynch so david lynch famous for creating twin peaks which i never really got into and you said no you never i never, really I never really either. did either but it's one of these like just cultural things cult like constantly in the zeitgeist that everybody knows about mm. and seems important but you don't really know why unless you watch it which i still haven't so no i still have and i I think i do want to get onto it but what makes me want to watch it more is that he's been commissioned to do a new series for netflix with the working title of wisteria now the reason that i i want to bring this and the reason that the question came out was that uh, it was announced that basically this new tv series david lynch is very keen for netflix to ensure that this movie cannot be watched on mobile phones contrary to quibi which was the the recent failed uh, streaming service which w- by all accounts was a terrible idea now, quibi's whole shtick 
was to be able to watch short dramatizations of things mm-hmm. in a portrait portrait mode in yeah portrait in 10 mode. minute chunks in, in 10, 10 minute, minute chunks. chunks so so they they famously did the the remake of the princess bride where a lot of actors and and and, and famous actors basically went on and, and remade that movie in portrait mode in 10 minute chunks Interesting. and they also did 50 the 50 states of horror i think it was called or something along those lines where they did a three part uh a three part series on every uh, of a, of horror in every single state of america it sounds equally interesting and terrible at the same time yeah it was I, it was i and... i personally am of if if this is where david lynch is coming from i am personally of the opinion that i i think watching c- consuming art that are in port in portrait mode assuming while you're out and about in small chunks is just like the the death is that that's just it that's that that's yeah. that's a uh, culture hitting its bottom that's it so i mean and that's the question what we've been asked is what do we think about the fact that artists now are making sure that they're they're sort of saying well well actually i'm fine to make a series for netflix the giant but i want to make sure that this does not is not viewed on the phone. It has to be filmed on on uh, viewed on the TV. What 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 do we think about that? I well, mean, I, I mean, I, th- I I feel like you have to be a David Lynch sized character and influence in order to demand those things because mm. obviously you know these products are not owned by the artists; they're owned by the studios, and they can kind of distribute them as much as they want, and they're going to distribute them in the way that they feel makes them the most money that that's how we have to assume that the industry works but if the whole thing is constructed from a point of deliberately constructed from a point of view where it makes no sense to do that and it wouldn't work in order to do that then that's interesting i i think so but i think i think enforcing that i mean personally when i read this sort of article um i shouldn't but i kind of feel a little bit I kind of feel a little bit attacked or insulted to this. And the reason I feel attacked or insulted is not because it's like, well, I'll watch it however I damn please. It's because I, I have, I'm of the, of the, uh, of the illusion that actually a lot of the media content and how I watch it and how I enjoy it, it's a self, it's self-correcting. And as an example of this, obviously the last couple of weeks, we've been watching some classic movies. We've been watching Trains, Planes. We've been watching Jurassic Park. You know, Jurassic Park is a great example. It's on Netflix. Yeah. And, I could have watched it on my phone. I could have watched it in chunks. I could have watched it, you know, throughout my busy day, but I chose not to. I, I said, well, actually, no, I want to watch this on the big screen of my, my television. Yeah. I don't want to watch this on my phone. I think it was self-correcting. I think there is there is series of stuff. You know, YouTube is a classic thing. You know, I've, I've got an iPhone and it's nice, to be able to, it's nice to be able to put it on the relative big screen. I'll maybe watch, you know, I'll watch funny videos you know obviously Auntie Donna at the moment is, is is huge around the houses so I've spent a lot of my time watching like Auntie Donna sketches on, on YouTube which is kind of what it's made for yeah, and playing everything Maybe. in your room like a drum and playing everything in my room like a drum have you watched it by the way Big Old House of Fun have I've not it I've not but, it, oh, but it's it been watch. it's been impossible to escape everything as a drum it's just everywhere on the internet. It's just people posting everything as a drum memes. Have you seen the one about the robot bat and bat one? No, I've not. I've not. I'll send it to you. Thanks. After. But the but the point I'm making is that things like that, or maybe like at the moment, oh, it's always sunny is on is on Netflix, and I wouldn't I wouldn't feel bad about watching it's always sunny on my phone because it's kind of sitcom esque and it's not 
it's it's sort of media that you can translate to a smaller screen and still get the same pleasure. But I do think it's self-correcting that if if hysteria, uh, what David David Lynch is going to be making, is a big grandiose uh, film or TV series, which it probably is, tw- you know, Twin Peaks. For what little I do know about it, I know that it's a big experience and a spectacle. Yep. You would you would watch that on a big screen, and so trying to impose that on fans, I think, is a little bit. It's a bit patronizing, I think. Yeah, because um, it would be, it would kind of be automatic as well, because yeah. there there are things that you just assume that people wouldn't watch in that context. Either like I always get really, uh, I'm always very interested when I see somebody watching something like I don't know, say Breaking Bad or something on their phone on the tube, which I have yeah. seen before, and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, because what something like that. Earth? you have it's almost like a respect piece isn't it it's like i you've earned the respect for me to not watch this on my phone i want to watch this excuse me i want to watch this on the big screen and yeah and i think imposing that from the off before the things even bloody started is a bit interesting now i don't know it was a question that came through to us what do we think about that i read it somewhere that he was asking for this It, it could be completely it could be completely false but what regardless of whether david lynch has asked this or has not asked this it does pose the question because i have heard this conversation in the past where people have insisted that their the rights for their movie can be used by netflix and they don't want to watch it on on their phones i mean as an example there's some amazing amazing movies on netflix at the moment and and one of you know i guess what i've been watching recently last night i sat down to watch training day the Denzel Washington, you know, the iconic yeah. movie of Denzel, which is only on Netflix. Uh, it, it, it's removed at the end of this month. It's removed in two days. So if you, I mean, this, this episode has probably gone live by the time that it's probably. Removed. So I guess that this is just for you to watch it if you have a chance. But as an example of just an amazing movie, but I wouldn't even dream of watching that on my phone. No. So I think it's just self-correcting. Yeah. I, I, anyway. For, for many people think, it is. However, I feel like if, corporations continually want to make that form of content more accessible then more people are going to choose to do that in numbers and then that kind of idea grows and grows and grows so it's about like kind of nipping it in the bud early i think yeah i think you're right i think so god damn anyway casting news oh yeah we'll get oh man training training day get it watched oh what an amazing movie that is. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, casting news. I just love Denzel in it so much. He's so fucking good. Uh, yeah, casting news. Anyway, casting, casting news. news. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> there's oh, there's me failing movie. to try and move, move things on. Okay. But it's got, it's got Snoop in it. It's got Dr. Dre. Anyway, it. casting <laughs> news. I thought that nothing would make me care about the continuation of the Fantastic Beasts franchise. I thought, and I said this on the podcast a few weeks ago, I feel like we'll be looking at these movies through a lens of Johnny Depp fucked up and he was fired because of this reason, and therefore whoever, whoever is cast to replace him you're never going to unsee that and you're always going to assume that and it's going to irreparably ruin it for me for years years to come and then they cast Mads Mikkelsen yeah and, and it's confirmed insta- it's and confirmed, it's confirmed. and then i thought oh i'm back in <laughs> yeah it, you are <laughs> I'm back, back in i'm back and and actually i was talking to uh, one of my sisters about this and this is one of my sisters who was really really hurt by the fantastic beasts franchise and especially the second one the crimes of the gay wizard hitler and um 
like because it is a terrible movie. It is a terrible movie, yeah, and she's yeah, such exactly. a massive fan of Harry Potter and the, was, and the Wizarding too. World in general. I mean, a lot, yeah. pretty much everybody in our generation. I was, I was in our generation, I was are, by but um, she is definitely in the bracket of fandom that just was really truly upset about you know what was happening in in that in that movie and stuff like that. And I was out with her, and um, just we you know we met up socially distant in uh regent's park last week mm, mm. and uh i started started talking about it and this was when mads mickelson was just a rumor and i brought up fantastic beasts and she was like oh can we just not talk about it i'd, I'd forgotten that that movie I'd, I'd forgotten that movie existed can we not do that you know johnny Depp is so stupid blah 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 and i'm like you might be getting recast to mads mickelson and even she went oh yeah sold <laughs> yeah brilliant it is done yeah so so one of the questions so one of the questions that again that's been asked over email and by josh josh asks how do you think they're going to transition from johnny johnny depp into madison mickelson do you think it's going to be a clean cut transition or do you think what i think it's going to be where they're maybe going to use some stock footage of johnny depp and early in the movie he's going to either drink polyjuice potion or transform his image so that it's it's built it in needs, to it, the series it, how it, he did with colin farrell it needs to not be polyjuice potion it's been done to death okay this is magic right yeah it, this is magic this should be this should be a world where anything is possible we should mm. be amazed and astonished by everything on screen and the fact that before the movie's coming out we're going yeah, polyjuice potion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. don't do polyjuice potion. So, how do you think they're going to do it? How do you think they're going to do the transformation? Well, I'm not a wizard, so I don't know. No, but I mean, in, in th- but how would you like it? Would you like it if it just the movie started and I, there was no attention drawn to the fact that the face has changed again? Because I think because the face has changed before, and you know, we we, we chat about this last time when the it was announced that he Johnny Depp was leaving, and we kind of went, well, it's a shame that Colin Farrell can't come back and do the role because I think that was the that was the biggest mistake that they made was at the end of the movie revealing that Colin Farrell is because they could have just kept Colin Farrell; it would have been wonderful it would have been wonderful and And yeah we've said we've said that before it is very interesting i don't know what they're most likely to do because you know marvel started off this whole super integrated extended universe thing like they 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 started it all and even in that franchise which is the most kind of airtight and integrated franchise is there are there are recastings in there Mm, Bruce mm. Banner is recast, Rhodey sure. is recast, and they're sure. recast in a way that they're just recast and they're not and yes. they're not explained away. And it works. We buy it. Mm-hmm. I don't we have to, we've no option. Well exactly. <laughs> but, but, honest, exactly yeah. but it doesn't detract from our enjoyment. I, I'm of sure course, there are course. some people out there that are just slightly irked by the fact that it's played by a different actor in one movie than than another one. For the but for the vast majority of us, we don't care. Well, what we're irked about is that I wish it had been Mark Ruffalo from the start, not Edward Norton continuing. Well, that, no, that's yes, the, that's no, the way but, I look at but, it. But you know, there'll be OCD people that, course, that won't course. like the difference, regardless of yeah, who yeah, they yeah, prefer. Yeah, 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 sure. But yeah, but because it's wizardry, because it's magic, you, you could explain it away. You, mm. you could just have a transition, a, a transformation where. Both Johnny Depp and Mads Mikkelsen are this are the same person, mm-hmm. and it's not 
because they, they would be in a recasting situation as well. But it, it's tricky. I don't know which route they're most likely to go down. As far as the one I would like to see, I would like to see a transformation. I would like yeah, I would too. like to see a Johnny Depp turn into Mads Mikkelsen, but I would like yeah, to see too. it done well. I don't want yeah. I I definitely do not want Polyjuice. And no. I also don't want a crappy little like flashback kind of thing. I also don't know if they would maybe try and make up Mads Mikkelsen to make him look like Johnny Depp's sort of style. Because frankly, well, I, I hate yeah. the hair. <laughs> no, I don't like the hair. And I think this is a really good opportunity to pivot away. I think Mads Mikkelsen is famous for having amazing hair. I love his kind of like his, his you know, his gray, cold style hair. Yeah, it it looks kind of like... so it angular and it's It is. It's so, well, it looks... He is a beautiful guy, but it looks like he cuts his own hair, but it's it's in a cool yeah. way. That's what I like yeah. about his hair. If you know what I yeah. mean, when you see him, that's in other the things. point. I don't want I don't want them. I think it's a brilliant piece of casting, but only if they lean into the Mads Mikkelsen side of it and not try and do him up like Johnny Depp. And Mads Mikkelsen will be gutted because it means he's probably got to wear another contact lens in the same way that he had to wear that contact in Casino Royale. You know how he's got two oh, different yes, coloured eyes. <laughs> so he's, I think he's, he, I think he's, I think his uh, right eye is going to have a have yeah. a bit of a battering by the time yeah. he hangs up his but acting. Regardless shoes. of how they do it, they have piqued my interest again. So yeah, yeah, yeah. let's see what yeah. happens. Fantastic, and I wonder if J.K. Rowling will be just as uh, endorsing of Mads Mikkelsen as she was for Johnny Depp, because she was doubling down. Like she was she needs doubling to stop. down on. She, she needs to take yeah. a break. Yeah, she's J.K. Uh, if you're listening, yeah. just take a break. <laughs> just just go on holiday. Don't go on the internet. Well, not now, obviously, but one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, no. yeah. She could go on a holiday in her back garden. It's fine. But just exactly. keep off the internet. Don't don't talk yeah, to anyone. Is, just it leave bad, it alone. It? We 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 love you unconditionally for giving us this world. No question. But just just stop. Just well, she constantly she's there to answer the question of you can separate the artist from the art. Yes, <laughs> she, she's the answer for that one. What do they have to do now? Alex? What they have to do now is they have to go on to the Apple Podcasts app. Give us a chief, cheeky five-star rate. I, I was about to say cheeky. I thought you were going to do an accent. Cheefy. I thought you were going to do an accent. Give me a cheeky little five-star yeah, review. Give us a cheeky little five-star Like you're in the West, East, End, East End market. <laughs> Brilliant. No, five-star rating would be much appreciated. And also, you could write a little review. Tell us what you think of the show. If you don't want to do that, tell us your favorite movie. Tell us your favorite movie music. We love to see it all. You can mm. also find us on Spotify and a lot of other places where podcasts exist. Do recommend us to a friend. It really does does help. And hit the subscribe button if you haven't mm -hmm. done so already. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can also write into the show uh, at our email address, which we mentioned before, but I think we should mention it again. Yeah, we've been having some great questions come through, and we we I think we just want to pivot. We we obviously we we're trying to cover more news of the week uh, as is, and and we we like it when you ask us questions about our thoughts on topics, you know, such as the the whole Mads Mickelson Mads Mickelson piece. So please do write us write into the show at motionspod at gmail .com. If you have any questions you want us to cover in moving forward, we we love it. We like a good a thought provoking media related question, and I, I just re emphasize. You know, we we've been picking 
picking up quite a, a nice amount of reviews. We're, we're building quite a lot of steam out there. We've got a lot of people across the world listening. Um, Alex and I, are, you know, we're, we're recognizing that a lot more people are now listening to the show. In fact, it's 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 increasing by quite quite amount, which something something's happening, and we and we really love that. And so please please just tell a mate, tell a friend. Um, we want to keep seeing this growth. And and yeah, and write write a nice review, even if it's just something uh, something nice and simple. Um, as John's done. So John put a lovely review in. Uh, So John says, um, use warm water, not hot water, and check the water temperature with your wrists and not your feet. Wash all areas of your feet, especially the underside of your toes in between them, using mild soap. Pat your feet dry and don't rub the skin on your feet and carefully dry between your toes. Mm. So so that's a lovely a lovely yes. review that John's put in and it doesn't need to be as elaborate as that. It can just be a one word and it can just be a one word review of just good five stars or like it five stars which we we've had quite a few of those as yeah. well. So yeah, so that's that's the little notes there. Thanks again John for 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 making that. Now we've stopped Alex. We've stopped teasing the audience what we're going to watch next week. So I think we should start doing that again because it means that we can tee up questions for people we to can. write in during the week. So I think we're at a stage where we can announce next week. So next week we uh, are going to be doing... So we, we had a bit of a discussion there, Alex and I. I just edited it out a little bit there. Just a little peek behind the curtain. We're not sure how much Christmas uh, palooza you want to experience on the pod, but we have had a number of people write in and ask for one movie. So rather than... I guess doing three Christmas. I think it's fair we just do two Christmas movies, Alex, because obviously yeah, we want to so. save them up. I reckon so, so. recognizing that it's the the first show of Christmas, and we're thinking maybe we're taking some time off over the Christmas break. But I think next week we've got to do it. We've got to stick to our guns and do a non Christmas movie, which is the wonderful Grease. Yes, fantastic. Which I'm looking forward to because. Oh. Now you say that it's a problematic movie. <laughs> it's one. It's a problematic movie, and also it's a movie that I unconditionally loved until probably the the last two times I saw it, and then yeah. I thought, Yeesh. yeah, it's changed. <laughs> anyway, we will get to that. We, yeah, so we'll go into any... we'll go into that after I watch it again. Wonderful. Anyway, well, thank you very much for listening, and we will speak to you again next week. Until then, bye guys. All right, guys. Ta ta. Mm-hmm.